Hey, New City, this is Nate Claiborne, and I'm here today with Benjamin Cant. And we're actually starting a new series here on the Equip Podcast. We mentioned this in the Connect, I think, a couple weeks ago, but we are going to start doing a weekly recap of CBR reading, and not just necessarily telling you what you read last week, uh, but kind of talking through some of the connections we see, some of the just things that occur to us as we're reading that we hope would be helpful to you as you're thinking about your daily devotions. So it's good to be with you today, Ben. Yeah, likewise, Nate. I'm looking forward to, we're jumping in the deep end with Job and Revelation, aren't we? Yeah, I was going to say, we picked two of the easy books to kind of get started with this whole thing, so. Yeah, and a basic uh, basic tool for Revelation is it's not Revelations. So That's, that's right, right. <laughs> Important. Or Job's, for that matter. I don't think many people mistake we're, that one. But it could be Job. That's true, actually. Yeah. So um, let's jump in, let's actually jump in with Job. Mm-hmm. Um, we... We read chapters, I think, three through eight last week, three mm-hmm. through seven. Um, but given a little context, we did, since we're just starting this now, let's actually jump back a little bit and talk about one and two for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the thing that's important for us to recognize is we've got information that the people in the story don't have. Job and his friends and Job's wife, and they don't have the same context that we do by having read chapters one and two, really, to be able to get this backdrop of what's really going on. Yeah. And so to some extent, it's almost like, you know, I don't I don't personally watch horror movies just because I can't handle them. <laughs> but I, the ones I have seen, there's always that moment when you're like, don't go in that room. He's right behind the door. Mm-hmm. Right? And the so, calls from inside the house. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. To some extent, that's happening in Job, where we've got this fuller vision of what's, what's going on in this narrative. And so I think that actually is purposeful, right? So that we read what the, the argument between Job and his friends and the, the friends kind of challenging Job on various problems going on. And, and so I think that that's important to know. Chapters one and two are really significant to the whole, understanding the whole context of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when, when we're looking at those chapters, we're seeing um, a lot of supernatural elements, which is one of the connections we can make with the book of Revelation. Um, I'm also thinking too, as you mentioned those two chapters, it is a long stretch through Job when we're just doing a chapter a weekday. Mm-hmm. Of him talking, his friend talking, his other friend talking, his next friend talking, mm-hmm. um, and so we may say it's it's probably helpful to keep in mind who's talking. You may have to remind yourself each day of uh, is this yeah. still Job talking, or is now is it Bildad, or who's the person who's making the points here? Mm-hmm. Um, I was struck so as we we're talking about um, kind of what's going on in the early chapters of Job, and you mentioned this just a minute ago of Satan coming before the Lord mm-hmm. to accuse Job or to suggest that Job just loves God because he's got nice things and a good family. Mm -hmm. And then Job ends up getting put to the test. And I think a lot of people, at least what I've encountered, is people looking at Job with the assumption that that's still par for the course, Mm. that Satan still comes before God. Like So because it happens this one time in the Bible, it's kind of popping the hood and saying, hey, this is what goes on all the time. But Mm. um, we read at the beginning of last week, Revelation 12, Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I, I've made this point in a couple places. You and I have had some spirited debate about this, but here's, <laughs> it is a passage that has Satan falling from heaven, mm-hmm. assuming you connect the dragon and Satan. There's a lot of symbolism going on. Um, but then after he's cast out of heaven, he's confined to the earth. And so it, if we pick it, if we're looking at a Revelation 12, kind of looking at verse seven, it says, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated 
and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's really important. And if we if we try to think, I mean, good questions to ask when you're reading the Bible is what time is it? Like, mm. where are we in the story? And based on previous verses, this is taking place after the ascension. Mm. Um, and so if we're taking this as historical or even a vision of something that represents something historical, it's suggesting Satan doesn't have that same access anymore. Mm. Not that he's inept and can't cause problems and that our primary battle is not spiritual, uh, but the, it goes on and it ends, the chapter ends with, the dragon became furious with the woman, went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, and then to clarify who the offspring is, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus, mm. which would be us. So to your point, where we started this even before we started recording was, Revelation 12 verse 10 says that the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Mm. who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. And so our conversation was, hey, we actually get a glimpse of what of this happening in Job, right? Mm-hmm. This accuser of the brothers uh, and sisters goes before the Lord and accuses Job of, hey, he's not he's not really into you. He's just into your what the stuff you have to offer him, which, by the way, is a temptation for all of us. Mm-hmm. And yep. so Satan knows what he's doing. He's good at his job. And so, but there's... But this explicitly says he has been thrown down. Mm-hmm. So are we to assume he's been thrown out of the court of heaven before God's throne, and he, now he's on earth, and he's on earth uh, doing what verse 17 says, which is making war on the woman and her offspring, a.k.a. the church and her disciples. Yeah. Is that fair? I think that's, I think that's the way I would take it. And we would maybe even, it doesn't say this in this passage, but we think of other biblical connections we could make. And if Jesus, if the way it talks about Jesus in Hebrews being high priest who makes intercession for us, Mm -hmm. it would seem if we could put Jesus back into Job, not that Jesus wasn't there because of that sort of thing. But if Jesus had been enthroned as high priest in Job's time, Satan shows up, makes an accusation, Jesus Mm -hmm. is there as his advocate, and then that's the end of it. Mm. And so there's a sense in which it wouldn't even, even if Satan could accuse the brethren Mm -hmm. moving forward, that's part of Jesus's intercession for his church Mm -hmm. from heaven right now. As 1 John uh, 2, I think it is, says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, right? We've... There's not an, the accuser's not in his role like he was against Job. Is that right. what we're that's, I, I think that's a fair thing to take from these chapters when you read them next to each other, which is mm-hmm. something we don't. We, uh, who would intentionally read Job and Revelation at the same time <laughs> in their right. in their daily Bible reading plan, unless it was community Bible reading that we're all yeah, kind of doing right. together? Well, and I think that that's helpful because um, one of the things I think with reading Job is it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, you get into Job and you're thinking, I'm not sure I'm on the Lord's side on this one. Like this just seems harsh and messed up. And and one of the ways I think that Job works is um, it's almost like a <laughs> it almost lures you in to some extent because you're supposed to actually find yourself accidentally agreeing with Job's friends at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but wondering whose side are you on? And but you feel for Job empathetically. But, you know, the Lord's got to be right. And then his friends say some things that sound like the book of Proverbs. And you're right. like, what is going on here? And so, like I said before, I think it is unsettling. And I think with reading the book of Job, my my encouragement would be, let yourself be unsettled by it. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's its role in the canon. And you just, okay, if we want to talk about the wisdom literature, right? Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and Job, this whole kind of 
chunk of, of scripture called the wisdom literature. The Psalms kind of praise wisdom, right? The, the Proverbs are about the usefulness of wisdom. Um, you've got Ecclesiastes is kind of this lament or even a critique of wisdom. Mm-hmm. The Song of Songs is probably love and, and wise love and what that looks like. Well, Job's role is to say there is a, there's a way in which living, quote unquote, wisely fails sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and wisdom's to be pursued for, for sure. Proverbs encourages us that. But there's ways in which our limited wisdom as human beings falls short in understanding what God might be up to in the world. Yeah. Yeah, we could almost say Job is there to help us for when Proverbs fail. Yes. You know, you follow the advice in Proverbs and it still doesn't work out well. Mm-hmm. And then Job shows you what it's like to wrestle with, well, I thought this was true. I thought if I lived this way, God would reward me. Yeah. I even have promises in Scripture I can point to that say as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's... The fact that it's 35, what is it, 35 chapters of just back and forth with no answers is mm-hmm. pretty unusual for all of Scripture. And I think mm-hmm. you're right that it, it's there for that purpose. It kind of pulls you in so that you're having to wrestle with Job and his friends. And even though, again, you've got the context of chapters 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and as we'll talk when we get there towards the end of what what the actual switch kind of is at the end, uh, and but there's this pull into it, right? Um, and so one of the, you know, New Testament applications, I think, of the book of Job is, is to remember that the way of the cross is, it certainly is our salvation. Jesus's death on the cross is what saves us. But the way of the cross is actually part of our sanctification. In other mm-hmm. words, Jesus is the picture of God is willing to bring everybody he loves through the cross before resurrection. And that that is one of the ways that God works in the world. And so Job's cross to bear, if you will, is unsettling for us. But we recognize in Jesus that that's something God the Father is willing to do uh, to all of his children in in love for them uh, to actually bring about good, to bring about sanctification. Yeah. Um, just like he did to Jesus, just like he did to Job. There's a willingness to do that to us for our own good. Yeah. And we could even make a note here and we'll... Uh, we'll reference here that people can listen to our Job intro podcast for maybe a little more riffing on this, but Job is probably a great book to be reading in our time right now in mm. that it's a person waiting on God to act on the backside of disaster and trauma. And we think about kind of where things are just lingering on with mm-hmm. with COVID where, you know, it was kind of, it's not, it's not gone, but it's not as bad as it maybe was, but it's not clear. Mm-hmm. And so you're just sort of living in this, when can we move on from this? Or can we move on from this? Right. And so you kind of, if, if we look at the dialogues with Job and his friends, mm-hmm. it can seem a little more modern if we're willing to look at it that way. Of It's people trying to figure out what to do yeah, in their right. circumstances that are similar in some ways. Yeah, I think that's well said. Well, and it reminds me, there's a quote by Augustine where he says, but of course it may be well, or it may well be that the verdict of human feeling is one thing and the justice of the creator quite another. Mm-hmm. So we're often willing to jump onto the verdict of human feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the justice of the creator might be something different from that. And that's just an important principle, I think, to keep in mind with Job with Revelation with our current lives and context, mm-hmm. and I think these books teach us that. I think you're right. Um, well, let's kind of, we're, we're trying to keep these short, so we're we'll stop right here and we'll pick back up next week with the chapter readings from this week. We're kind of in the latter stage of Revelation, and we're just getting up up to speed in Job. So I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Likewise, Nate. Thanks. Okay.